the art, that's why I'm so nice. I've been doing this thing my whole life. So good for the art, that's why I'm so nice. All the way from over here, still dollar. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. This is episode I don't even know no more. We just out here running it. Thank you for joining. As always, with us we have our co-hosts, Tyler, the carnivore smack eater, coping, <laughs> oh, and Wesley, the transformer, Dunham. What's up, guys? What's up? Oh, yeah, and our producer, Ho Munter Lofton. <laughs> yes. What up? I thought you were going to say Ho Mo Lofton. <laughs> that would have been sad. Ho Munter. Ho Munter. Or Munter Ho Lofton. I like it. Well, yeah. backwards effect. So what's up, guys? How we at? How we doing today? Good. We're coming off probably, I would say. A very busy weekend. One of the busiest weekends of my life. I'd say, busy. honestly, two of the busiest weekends of my life have been in the past month. And yesterday probably took the cake for me. I literally just woke up. Like, they just had, they just woke me up out of my office five seconds ago. Did you wake me up, Wes? No. Uh, Tyler, I, I sent you a message, but I was going to let you keep nabbing until he got here because he was running real late. I kind of mm. tickled the door. I was like, hey, you awake? Oh, I don't even remember that. Oh, I didn't. You probably didn't hear you it. didn't hear it. Mm-hmm. So then Mo was like, did you try? I was like, mm, not really. Then Mo woke me up. Mo woke you up. Nice. All right. Well, I was good. I was honestly really good until about, I don't know, man. Uh, when we got done putting the cage to get back together here at the gym. When, when we started wrapping that up, it started really starting to hit me. And then once everybody left, then it really hit me how tired I was. And I regretted. Oh, oh. <laughs> young. I regretted asking everybody to cast a pod today. Dude, since since Friday morning, we've spent like I know ninety percent of my weekend in here in the gym. Between oh yeah, and the we're doing gym stuff. Yep. Yep. Thursday, we broke the cage down Thursday, right, and loaded it up Friday. Yeah. Y'all, did y'all break it down Thursday night? No, we started it Thursday. We oh, broke okay. it down Friday. Yeah, you right. came down quick last night. Yeah, it did come down quick last night. I'm glad too because I was you know, wore down. It came together easy today. Yeah, it put it came up. It came together. That was definitely the easiest reassembly of the cage. So we had we broke the cage down and loaded it up Friday. We had weigh-ins start official weigh-ins at 2 p.m. Friday for Relentless Fighting Championship one. After official weigh-ins, we had uh, um. Media weigh-ins at 6. Then we ate after that. I think we wrapped things up with weigh-ins. And we after we uh, we got done eating right around 9, 9.30 um, f- with, a, with weigh-ins. Next day, was up at 6 a.m. Was at the trotter by 7.30, setting everything up. Um, and we rocked and rolled through that, going pretty dang hard all day until – about 10, 10.30 last night. So, Speaking of the fights, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Like, it's going to be an off-guard question. I don't okay. know if you want to talk about it or not. I don't Probably know. not. Probably not. There's a fight missing off the card last night. I know. Oh, I will talk about this. Yes, sir. What the hell happened? Yes, sir. We had uh, Alex Riccio versus Jared Hopper. Alex being a friend of mine, uh, he didn't live here, but he wanted to, me to coach him, corner him for these fights. 
and uh, asked me asked to, to, if he could fight it out of the gym. He trained here for a little while. I said it was okay. Um, about mo- Wednesday ish, I stopped having any contact with him, and after I didn't hear anything from him, I started getting a little bit worried. But I didn't really start getting worried till Friday. <gasps> Because I had so many other things going on. I didn't really have time to worry about this one fighter that I wasn't hearing from. Um, I was like, yeah, Alex is solid. He's going to be here, you know. So, Friday rolls around. I call him, no answer. I call him, no answer. I was like, hey, bro, are you you coming in today? Are you coming in for weigh-ins today? No answer. Text him again, no answer. Um, Fast forward to Friday night. Where it way ends, Alex Riccio still has not shown up. The commission, the athletic commission of Mississippi pulls me to the side, and they said, okay, you lost a fight, so how many rounds does that bring your event to? I knew that at one time this was a technical rule, but um, I, di- I didn't actually know this, that an event must have a minimum of 30 rounds. You have to have 30 scheduled rounds for an event to go forward. You're saying 30 rounds like If one, you two, add up all, all the rounds that are scheduled for the entire event, well, they must be 30 or fight, more. Three-round fight. Three right, round. right. So you need at least 10 three-round fights. So even though like you only went 17 last night or whatever, you're scheduled for 30. Right, right. You have to have thirty scheduled round, but we only had twenty eight scheduled. Yeah. Oh, really? Right. That was the problem. The fight pulled. Well, the grappling match also. The yeah, grappling match put us at twenty twenty eight instead of twenty seven. Okay. Um. That rule applies well in boxing or better because you can get to a thirty rounds within six fights in boxing. Mm -hmm. Right. But in MMA, you have three set rounds. That means that we can't have a fight card with less than 10 fights. And that's difficult. There's going to be a lot of times you're going to have less than 10 fights on a fight card. You can't just add rounds to fights for MMA fights. All MMA fights are three rounds unless they're title fights. Then they can be five. Right. But I definitely wouldn't spring that on somebody the day before they fight. You know. So they're like, they pull me to the side. They're like, hey, man, we, you know, technically this drops you below 30 rounds. We could, you know, we could pull this whole whole event for this. Like, this show may not happen. And so I'm like, there's no way this little shithead not showing up is about to ruin this whole event. And they were like, I mean, technically it could. Yeah, it could. Really? Yeah. They we, we So Thursday night, we were in jeopardy of the whole event being shut down. Well, who would have... Who Came down with the decision to shut it down. That would have been the head of the commission, Randy Phillips. So he was good. He was like, let it run. Yeah, he wasn't there. Okay. So, so he didn't know. He didn't know yet. But the people that were there representing him Knew. were who, who I, was, I was talking to. Gotcha. Randy Phillips has been honestly pretty fair to me through the whole process. Um, do I love everything about the the new direction the commission's going right now? Not necessarily. But Randy Phillips has been good. Um, to me and us, you know, through this whole process since he's taken over. He, you know, he's only been commissioner since late February, early March. 
And they also sp- sprung on us uh, Saturday at the rules meeting that all elbows for amateur, elbows to the head are illegal now. Really? Yeah. So all elbows to the head are illegal. 12 to 6 are illegal for tw- pros and ammies. So they, they're going to a more unified uh, rule system. So, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, definitely it's definitely interesting. It's an interesting time for me to be starting a promotion. So anyway, um, they let me know that the, the 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 card was in jeopardy, but they call Randy and they're like, "Hey, Randy, here's the deal, man. Like, they just they had a fighter pool, and that put their event less than thirty rounds. But here's the deal: this guy has done everything right." Everything's perfect. It's organized. It's well run. They're you know they're on top of everything. Um, you know they're being really gracious, so on and so forth. So um, we don't want him. Heck, Wes. My fault. Come my on, fault. dude. What are you, some kind of amateur? At Come this on, podcast man. And stuff, dude? <laughs> I, I got to put my extra miles on silent. I, 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 I turned everything on silent, but that was an alarm. So. Uh, okay. So anyway. Um, Randy let the show go, so we were good to go. What happened instead, though, is if you know Kyle No Show, a fight promoter in the state of Mississippi. So if you're if you're scheduled to fight on my show, I don't know if this always happens, but this is what we did. If you're scheduled to fight on my show, and you don't show up, and you don't call and let me know what's up, what's happening, yeah, then you have now a indefinite suspension from combat sports not only in the state of Mississippi but in the United States of America no way you can never compete in combat sports again now can so now Alex appeal can, it? huh is there an appeal I'm sure I'm sure there is an appeal process and honestly it's probably a pretty easy process to appeal I would imagine but have you heard from this guy nope Still has not had, still has had zero contact. Maybe he died. Maybe he's dead. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that earlier. Maybe he's dead. That is just crazy how that how it went from yeah. him being interested. In and he was making contact with me every week about fighting. Like he was on me every week. Hey man, my weight cut's going good. I'm training good. I got. I'm, I'm training with this team and this coach. They got all these guys and those guys. Yada yada yada. And um, it went from that to. Nothing. Where's he at? Uh, I don't know, actually. Did his guy, did his opponent come and weigh in that day? Yes. That On has weight? to suck, dude. Yes. Going through your entire fight camp, even coming to weigh in. And, and made weight. Oh, my gosh. And made weight. What was that weight <laughs> They were fighting at 145. Oh, man. That's tough. Yeah, very tough. What was his name, Jared? What? Jared Hopper. Shout out to you, Jared yeah. Hopper. Yeah, I, I promised Muhammad and Jared that I was going to make it up to them. On another show, at another time, you know. The guy he came down with, I got to watch his fight. It wasn't yeah, Ahmad. Yeah. Ahmad Hazam. Yeah. Yeah, Ahmad. That was, was a good fight. from Memphis? Uh, yeah. In yeah. The, Collierville. Collierville? Yeah. He looked pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of guys from Memphis on the card, actually. We had several. Between Collierville and Memphis BJJ, I think we had I think we had five five guys from Memphis scheduled. We had um, Ronnie Robertson. um or RJ, we had AW, I think it's what they call him, Darius Walls, um, and we had Christian Barham, who were all from Memphis Judo and Jiu-Jitsu. Then we had Ahmad Hazam and Jared Hopper, who were both from Collierville. 
it's just five people from that area um, that were on the card. I, honestly, I think the only place that had more people than Memphis from there would be Columbus. Columbus. Yeah, Columbus had more people on the card. So, back to that. I know we touched on a little bit. The, those guys have a gym or those Tiger Blood? Uh, what, what, um, they got a, They built a boxing ring in their backyard. Okay. And, I mean, respect to these guys, man, because yeah. honestly, I mean, obviously they're doing their own thing. And, all right, if you're going to get into MMA, you need to be training with professionals. You know, they, they went – it went zero and three last night. You know, they, they, there was no nobody that was out of that that gym won. And they they're probably not going to anytime soon, and that's okay. You know, because um, you need you have to train to fight. You know, you, you can't you can't you can't play MMA. Right. You can't just train at your house most of the time. I'm not saying that nobody's ever been able to do it, but. Very, very few people have ever been there because very few people are good at fighting even with the advantage of the gym. And MMA is way more competitive than it was. Well, like, like cross-training is a big thing in getting better in MMA, right? Uh, it It's a thing. The better your gym, I mean, the, the less you have to have to cross-train, the bigger your gym is. So if you've got, if you got like, a, if you train an America top team, well, that's different. you probably don't have to cross-train. All right, no, but I'm but, just saying, like... But they do, a lot of those guys something. do, though. A lot of those guys do travel. So you get something train. extra always, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, when you're training in the backyard, you're just, you're not really getting anything. You know what I mean? You're just kind of, you're, you're, you're getting in better shape, but you're reinforcing a lot of bad habits. You're all them guys made weight, uh, but all of them showed up. All of them made weight. All of them mm -hmm. showed up. All of them had their lot. Everybody that was, uh, two, two of the guys, those guys, Tristan and, and Justin, the other one was Reggie though. He wasn't out of their little gym, but he, you know, he was fighting and was independent. Um, they all showed up. They all had their license and blood work done. Before almost any of the fighters from outside of that from real gyms did, they were more prepared. They all showed up on time. They all showed up and made weight. Uh, Jacob, I'm not not Jacob. Jacob's opponent, Justin, made weight, and di I didn't wasn't even gonna make him because I was Jacob's coach. He missed weight by like two pounds. I'm like, man, don't worry about it, dude. It's fine. He goes, no, I'm gonna make weight, and he went, got back in the sauna and made weight. So. You know, nice. respect to respect to those guys. That was the guy with the yeah. cornrows. Yeah, yeah. Jacob was the guy with the cornrows. I guess they both probably had cornrows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, respect to those guys, man. I mean, respect. I, I got nothing but respect for them. It's just, I don't think that if you're going to be in the sport, I've just never seen it play out where guys can, yeah, can train. <laughs> Unless I've seen guys train in their backyard and do extremely well when they were training in their backyard with like UFC veterans and stuff. All right. You know, you can see those guys uh, from down in Mobile. Um, got to have knowledge in the backyard. Yeah, they, where they've got like yeah. a lot of really good guys and high-level coaches that are training in this boxing ring in the backyard. Those guys are good. You know, Allen trains in his backyard every night, you know, really? and has a bunch of guys that do it. That, yeah, that come over um, and train, train in his garage or whatever. Yeah, that's where, where he does a lot of his training now. And that works because it's different. Right, it's different. You, you're It's a garage full of killers. Yeah, they're not no scrubs. You know. In some ways, that might even be better, because then it's nothing but killers, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I just, uh, I, I don't agree with that. But I do agree. I do have to commend them for showing up on weight, doing what they were supposed to do, and uh, and, and they they came to fight too. They came to fight. They were throwing. They were let, they they let their hands go when the opportunities came, and they came to put on a show and fight. So, 
And honestly, it seemed like everybody there last night did. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Everybody that fought last night uh, came to fight, it looked like. You know, there's obviously going to always be gaps in skill levels and and athletic ability. But, you know, are you coming to fight? You come to, are you coming to, to put a fight on and put a show I, on? I enjoy myself, definitely. It was I, a good crowd. Yeah, it was decent, decent-sized crowd. Um, I did enjoy myself, but I'll say I wish I could have seen more of the event. Right. I spent the whole time in the back taping people's hands and cornering people. took a lot stuff. of their time yeah. taping hands back there. And I, I just I honestly just couldn't – probably won't do that again, especially for people, people that aren't our people. Mm-hmm. But um, – I'm going to have to start teaching people how to tape hands. So you're going to have here. to find a split between the promoter and the coach, right? Right. Yeah. That way you can actually do promote promotion. Do, do more one of one than the yeah. other at these things. Yeah, what, well, the reason that I, I took Sean on as a partner was not so he could put the money up for the promotion, like one might think. The reason that I got Sean as a partner, Sean, A, had experience with the part of the show that show that I don't know anything about right. and don't care much as much about concessions, beer sales, um, you know, like things like that. I don't know about running concessions. I don't really care about running concessions. If it were up to me, I'd just buy a bunch of pizzas and, you know, sell them, drink, and then sell by the piece. Like whatever. Right. Let's go. Um, Sean, on the other hand, he, he ran. A, a, he did a good job with concessions. The other reason I needed a partner, though, and the reason I approached Sean was he's got the experience with those things. He know he knew how to he knew how to do certain things, and he kind of knew how to get the get things set up. And also, it would give me a a person on the floor that could run things, so I could go to the back and coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's the that's that was the real. That was the real purpose behind that, why I needed that partner. It seemed like everything ran pretty smooth. It did. It did run smooth. It was it was tough. Um, obviously, it got fast-paced there for a little while. If you, you know, yeah. the set up and then the breakdown and all that, certain times it got pretty fast-paced. But. Yeah. I don't mind that part, though, as much. You know, I like, I like going hard. I like – I enjoy that adrenaline pump of we got to go, we got to go, 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 mm-hmm. you know. There's too much to do than I can possibly ever do. Like, if it weren't for the people at the gym, I got I got a really man. I got almost got emotional last night because if it weren't for the volunteers from the gym that jumped mm-hmm. on and did all this stuff, there were a couple people that were paid. Dude, most of those people helped us break down and load the the tra- the the cage on the trailer on Friday. Helped us set up the cage on Saturday. Helped us put stuff up and decorate like like or organize chairs and stuff on Saturday. Then paid for a ticket to watch the fights. A lot of them did. Mm-hmm. Then, after they paid for a ticket, helped me run the show. And then after the show was over, they helped us break the cage down, bring it back to the gym, and work for two or three hours lifting heavy like metal and stuff in the cage and stuff like that. After the show was over. Like, I got to think about it. I was like, man, that's some... That's legit people right Yeah, there. that's and some legit came folks. back today. Yeah, and then and then came back. We had a house full today in here, putting the cage back up. I mean, that's that's a lot, man. That's that just I got I got I kind of got a little emotional thinking about that because it was that was uh, 
That was uh, it was a lot, man. And the thing about it was, was there's no way I could have done everything I needed to do unless that were the case. Because when y'all were breaking the cage down, I had to get everybody paid. Yeah. Um, I had to deal with um, you know, the money I had to get back into the into the money room. I had to so I could pay the ref because I had all the money that I had to pay people in envelopes except for uh, one. So I go get the envelopes. I, I, I pay everybody. Then after I pay everybody. I go back and I try to go back. I can't get to the money because I, I had to pay the referee. Um, and anyway, it was just it it was it was pretty in, intense. Mm-hmm. And there's absolutely no way with all that going on that I could have at the same time broke that cage down. I couldn't have broke the cage down by myself anyway. Not a job I could have done by myself. That's the I see what man. It'll be easier next time though since we did that that color coordinating. The, or it will be easier, but I'm gonna be honest. I think the biggest thing that I'm learning that I have learned especially with my personality type and it gives me a lot of anxiety this truth gives me a lot of anxiety is I can't ever be great on my own no you know what I mean it's all about the team yeah it's all about the team you have around you if you want to achieve great things and you want to do great things you gotta have a great team of people behind you helping you get there and I mean, it's, it's it's necessary for success and growth the way air is to breathe. Because you will, if you're depending on your ability to do everything, you will never be above mediocre. Mm-hmm. Never you don't have time. Yeah, there's no time. Because you spend all your time doing all this other stuff. Some, but somebody loves those things that that takes all your time away. Somebody loves like here at the gym. Some people enjoy appointment setting. Some people enjoy, you know being at the computer and doing certain things. Some people enjoy teaching jujitsu. Some really people enjoy teaching taking that cage down last night. That was a lot of fun. You actually enjoyed that? <laughs> oh yeah. That's oh. what I do for a living though, dude. Stuff like you that. Have you have that, bro. That's all you. <laughs> yeah, there was at one point when he had that uh had them nuts and bolts and had that what did you have? You had the impact no, or do you Mo have the wrench? And somebody was trying to take him he said, You know how to use that or something? He said, Mo, no, Mo had a work with this every day. He was waiting they were waiting on the socket wrench. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, man, just hit it. I had my hand on it. He was like, dude, that's going to tear your hand up. I was like, dude, I do this for a living. Just go for it. It's like, oh, my hand is like. He was happy about it. Yeah. Yellow. Inside, <laughs> my hands are yellow, bro. My hands, I, I didn't realize how soft my little bitch hands have gotten because my hands are so sore today like, after handling this cage three times. Look, serious. Dog. Don't even talk about sore. Not even cute, huh? I'm I can't so, actually tell. I'm sore, man. That cage whooped me can't. down. Uh-uh. Not from here. Yell- discoloration. It's all hard as yeah. hell. It's like little calluses. I, the whole hand, though. I could have, I could have, uh, I couldn't have done it, though, honestly. I mean, I, there was just no way I could have, I could have done everything, man. And then, like, if I, if I had been there by myself, it would have been me who fell through the floor of the cage <laughs> as we were setting it up. How are you feeling this morning? I'm sore, man. I'm bad sore. So we're putting the cage together. We've got all the boards. We're putting them on, and Wes jumps on and starts walking on them. And then they weren't, like, set where they were ready to be walked on, and so he fell straight through them. And, I mean, took a hell of a tumble, honestly. It was, <laughs> it looked like something from a movie. I mean, he fell through boards, went flying everywhere. He went down, and then he just <laughs> hops up and goes, Dabbed and on dabs him. on Get him, out of and here. I died laughing, <laughs> man. Just hit that dab on him, man. Yeah, I'm feeling it today. My wrist is a little sore. Was your feelings hurt when that happened? I was a little embarrassed. Because <laughs> it was... Until you dabbed on them. I mean, it was all of us putting it together, but there was other people in the trotter working, yeah. like uh, like Jamie and his wife was over there setting up. I don't know if they've seen it. 
And then there were some people from the Trotter over there moving stuff around. I don't know. I mean, they definitely saw a part of it. I mean, it was so loud. Everybody it was, looked. It was loud. It was, it was loud. so loud. It was Mo had just sat the camera down. <laughs> yeah. That'd have been Literally. That would have been fair. Mo had put the camera down. He set it down. And then I'm like. Brr. And he fell through the cage. It was that fast. It was Man. within. It was within a minute for sure. Mo, I thought the rule was never put the camera down. That's got to be the rule. Dude, I didn't hear the end of that after that, so they've already gave me all kinds of shit for missing that, and I feel bad for missing that. You should. <laughs> like, all of, uh, the amount of people you had there, you should never put the camera down. We actually had that talk. Yeah, you're right, and the camera should have been held, but it's like, I hate watching people work. Yeah. Well, you're working while you're watching them right, work. Right, but it's hard. It's hard. To, people are so, like, we're so ingrained to, to view work as a very traditional sense all the time. Yeah. Just like me, like when I was handing that money out and people were breaking the cage down, or when people were unloading the trailer and I had to go back there with Sean and settle up because, mm. and understandably, Sean's been, has had, you know, kind of been screwed before and was like, let's go ahead and get the money separated yeah. now. You take yours, I'll take mine. Let's get it taken care of. Um, what was the profitability there? Was it good? Comparatively? I don't say that was what's not, that not, I'm not the number, just. It was, it was good. Did you, good enough to do it again? Oh, Are we yeah. gonna do it again? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, we got one date we're looking at. There's only one date available for the rest of the year. Really? At the Trotter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Literally, they're completely booked up except for one Saturday. There's one Saturday or Friday. Both are full. Fridays and Saturdays are full except for one weekend at uh, the end of October. So if if we can't make that date happen. We won't put another one on this year. So how does that go? Do you have to go to the commission and be like, look, I've got these four dates this year that are possibilities, and they have to say yes or no? How's that? You you go with the date that you want to do it, and you apply. Oh, so you can't do more? You can't apply I for I don't believe dates. so. So you got to rent the trotter, then go to the commission? Well, you don't have to rent the trotter first. Uh, but what if it gets rented? You, I would encourage you, you, basically, you do need to put a deposit down. Yeah. But the, the deposit's refundable okay. up to a certain point. So cool, if I can throw, uh, I can throw half, of, I can throw seven hundred fifty bucks or whatever on, like, hey, to hold it, and yeah. then I can run and go and check and see if, like, what, uh, what it's going to run to rent it, and then I will. Uh, what in the hell could they be doing in that place every freaking day of well, the year? The Trotter is actually a really cheap venue. Yeah. It's owned by the city, and it's actually really cheap to rent, really cheap. And so it's a lot of just, like, family functions and weddings and stuff because it's so cheap to rent, even though it's really kind of too big for that kind of function for most people. But a lot of people don't care because it's like... Where else are you going to get that kind of venue? Right, you get get this amazing venue for, you know, $1,500. And they had something lined up today? Or is that just their policy to get out of there that quick? Yes, yeah, policy. Just policy. Yeah, you yeah, by one a.m. Oh man, we got it. We got it nailed down though. Now I'm thinking about. I don't know which day I'm going to add, but I'm sincerely <laughs> thinking about possibly renting it for an extra day, either the day before or the day after next time, to give us an extra twenty four hours to either clean up or an extra twenty four hours to set up. One or the other. Well, how bad was it? The whole experience was bad. <laughs> the whole experience was rough. Really? 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot. It was a lot to get done in a very short amount of time. Well, what time did they open for you Friday for you to get in there? You can get in there at 8 a.m. What time was the cage set up? You get, we got the cage set up by 10, 1030. Mm-hmm. I think we'll be quicker next time, though. I think we well, should I mean, always allow for I know, I know 30 minutes took us trying to co- coordinate, and that color coordinating we did today, I think it should help out. It'll help, but... We still need bodies, though. We, we, you know, we have yeah, I think I think you we, you need to count on about two, two and a half hours to set up. Then you can get it broke down in an hour, but I think you need two We hours. also had two trailers going there and one coming back. That's true. That, that, yeah, that, that, that hurt us bad, yeah. pretty bad. Um, But, yeah, it's going to take two hours. That was really fun, though. It was really it was cool. fun. It was just a lot. It was a lot to get done in just a really, really compressed amount of time. And then also, there were there were downtimes because I really didn't know how long it was going to take to do things. So like when once the cage got set up and we kind of got the chairs set up, I had a couple of hours today where this is one of the things that actually hurt me. I had a couple of hours that day where um, I didn't have that much to do, and so. I had ripped my pants that morning, <laughs> running and jumping into Jamie Houston's truck, and so I went home and I took a shower and changed pants. And while I was gone, was when the athletic commission came came in. And I don't know if Michael Callahan, I believe that's the guy's name. I don't know if he's going to continue to do it the way that he does it. Um, it's completely up to him. Obviously, he is the he is one of the commissioners. He can. He can run the show however he wants, but um, they kind of came in like a storm. Mm -hmm. They kind of came in very aggressively, and I wasn't there, and just trying to, like, we're we're here to take charge. Let's go, you know. And uh, one thing I would really like to see is commission start separating judges and uh things for MMA and boxing. I just think that at this point they're too different for the same parts of the athletic commission to be managing both sports. At this point if you're going to have the athletic commission um sanctioning boxing and MMA and it's the same people, you might as well have them sanctioning ice hockey, football and tennis too. Right. Cuz they're all different sports. Yeah. And and asking these people that are working for the commission, doing boxing shows, to learn all the integral ins and outs of boxing, and then learn all the integral ins and outs of MMA, and be able to judge them both effectively, I just don't think that it's likely. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my. Any decision go down last night that you thought shouldn't have went that way? Um, how many decisions were there? Two, I think. One of them was the freaking the, kids. The, the, yeah, the, the kids. Went, the, kids the, uh, the kids one I could have seen going either way, but that wasn't the commission's referees on that. Mm-mm. That was my referees uh, that did well, that. Um, um, just the the guy from the Mike Reader versus Hastings McMillan. Yeah, I did not watch that fight. Okay, that was the fight right before Dan, and I didn't want to leave Dan alone in the back because I was. Uh, everybody else, there really wasn't anybody else back there with him much, and uh, I didn't want to leave him back there alone. So I saw very, very little of that fight. I could tell Dan, his head wasn't, didn't seem, in my opinion, didn't seem good. 
going into that fight. What do you mean? Uh, he just seemed off. I could tell. I could tell that fight felt off for him. He felt off. Do you feel pressure? Extra pressure? You think? Dan <clears throat> Dan's best opponents are his best opponents. Dan does best against really good people. He can struggle a bit sometimes mentally when he's fighting people he should beat. You know, and so. Um. Like, do you think he was expecting that kind of pressure coming right out of the gate last night? Yes. Yes. He was. That wasn't exactly the style that I that I saw. He threw more kicks than I thought he was going to. But I mean, he just got clipped. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think I don't think it was necessarily a. a what about the stoppage? Skill defeat. Stoppage was good to you. A little early. In my opinion, I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought the stoppage was good. So I didn't see it. I was right behind that that corner that, mat. That, that slow fold to me either means you're out or you are purposefully folding, which means that you should uh, not be in there. You shouldn't be in there. And then the ref says he saw Dan's eyes roll back as he was coming back, and the other swing was coming with Dan's eyes back, and that's why he dove in the way that he did. And then. Uh, to me, it looked like a good stop. So, you know, I don't. Hey, I don't. I don't claim to. I don't claim to think any referee's perfect all the time. No. I don't personally. I feel that had he not stopped it, I think Dan would have been fine, and probably would have recovered. I'd like he to think. He seemed like he recovered pretty. He recovered extremely quickly. Pretty fast, yeah. But I think he just got he got caught he got clipped cold. When you first go in there, you're kind of cold. And sometimes you, you kind of get hit people hard or clip people just right before they get going. And that's yeah. a time that knockouts happen a lot of times. And so I feel like that's sort of what happened. I think the other mistake that was made, and a lot of times I will let fighters kind of do their own thing. And Dan was like, I want to stand with him. I want to stand with him. I'm like, hey, man, I think you can beat him anywhere you want to beat him. You know, I think you need to take the pressure off yourself and just relax and have fun. You can beat him anywhere you want to beat him. And then the guy was like, you want to stand? Stand. Come on, let's stand. Let's go. Let's stand. And don't ever, as a fighter, if you are if you are looking at me like, come on, let's stand. Let's bang. Let's stand. I'm going to shoot immediately. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just for the simple fact that I don't want you thinking you're dictating where the fight happens. Right. Even if I don't want to shoot, I'll shoot if you do that to me. Now, from now on, I will. You know? Right. After that. Hey, after that. But I've done it before too. I've had other, I've had people be like, "Come on, let's stand, bro. Let's stand and bang." And I'm like, "If you want to stand and bang, you should be a uh, boxer." <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, I'm an MMA fighter, and I like jujitsu. We do all this stuff. So man. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you down, and I'm gonna I'm gonna punch you while you're down there. Because here's the thing, and this fight's a really good example of this. The reason I like jujitsu so much. Okay. Striking is more dynamic than jujitsu. In this regard, is that people are more athletic and striking than they are jiu-jitsu. Their feet are attached to the floor, which makes every strike that they throw dangerous because they have their feet planted on the floor. When people, So even if I'm beating you on angles, yes, there's a lot of technique to it. I'm exposing your, your flank positions, getting the angles. I'm keeping my head offline. I'm staying out of the pocket. I'm just in the pocket long enough to hit you. There's a lot of technique to striking, but at the end of the day, the head will almost always eventually go back into the pocket at some point and some old, you know, 
any good old country boy can throw that overhand right and clip you on the chin. You can go to sleep. Right. Can happen to anybody. Can happen to anybody. One of the best fighters I ever saw back in the day from down here in the South. It happened to him in his like second pro fight. He was under like maybe had one loss, but I think he was undefeated as an amateur freak athlete. Goes in there, wins his wins his first pro fight. Goes in fighting some chubby little blonde redneck. Oh, old, old chubby blonde throws that overhand right, clips him just right, knocks the dude unconscious. It happens. Dude never fought again. Really? Yep. And this kid probably had. I mean, he might have had UFC potential. He was Psychic really, was wow. up after that. Yeah, but he couldn't. He mentally couldn't. Couldn't pass it. Yeah, couldn't get past it. And so I don't know. I didn't know the guy. Wasn't, oh, really? wasn't my guy. Oh, okay. They wanted me to fight him one time, and I turned it down because I'm like, "Fuck you, man! Like I'm not fighting that kid." <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want my ass. Beat. Yeah, no. They wanted. They. I was on a two fight losing streak at the time, mm-hmm. and they wanted me to fight him and here in Columbus. Oh, they were trying to feed you to him in yeah, Columbus. Yeah, in my hometown. Hell I'm the hometown no. guy, and you're trying to feed me. And, and the thing was, all right, let me just explain. I don't have a problem with this guy now, but it's, this was my issue with the promotion that used to be in Columbus back in the day, was that they did not cater, like, they didn't cater our gym, to our gym at all. When I say cater, I don't mean give us wins. What I mean when I say cater is they did not even let us know the fights were happening a lot of times when they would put on fights in Columbus. Really? Yeah, I found out. I already knew the fights were happening. I had no contact with anybody until they put a poster on my door three or four weeks out from the fight. Huh. Yeah, it's like. And so then I scrambled and throw a couple guys on the card because I was like, man, I need to have somebody on the card on a fight here. And I did, and they both lost, I believe, if I, if I recall right. And um, it, was, it, was, it was a tough time. That, that was my issue with it. That was my issue with it. Um, when they just didn't, they didn't, it was almost like they didn't want us on the card. Right. And we were the only gym in town. It was weird. It was strange. To make you look bad, maybe. And it, it seemed like it. Mm. Yeah. It seemed that's it how I that, that that's how I took it at the time. Right. I don't think that's what was happening. I don't think that it was an intentional effort to make me look bad. Um, I think it honestly was just an oversight, and they just didn't care. Yeah. They just they weren't really concerned with if we fought on the card or not. I mean, every time, though. which um, proved, in my opinion, to be one of their downfalls. You ain't got to worry about that no more. What? Who was that? I'm not gonna that's say. A person. What was that promotion? Knockout. No. Yeah. That and that's what I have found is. is that the only one that ever ever came to Columbus? Strikehard. Strikehard came. I partnered with Strikehard at one time. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, and Ring Rulers came here one time too. I fought on that card. I fought on a Ring Rulers who card. Who was it when you fought? Huh? Zeb. That was knockout. Okay. Okay. That was knockout. Um. Yeah, there, there's been there's been I mean there's been a couple, but what I've learned is like one of the reasons I want to get bigger and do things like this promotion and do things like um getting bigger in media and making my gym bigger and this and that is when I was a little small gym, and this is what people got to realize about success, right? A lot of people want to like demonize success to a certain degree. But when I was in that small gym and we had how many how many students did you say we had back in West? I'm talking about back on back on McCrary Street. Maybe 20, 30 at the most. 
total between kids on the boat? Yeah, yeah. 20, 30 mm-hmm. to- total students. 